starting out, I kind of felt very rehearsed, almost like a bad actor. But by the end of the book, I kind of let the words pass through me as I spoke them. I have always been on a mission that poetry needs to be heard aloud. Recording my poems is very rewarding for me. I used the word particularly quite a lot when I was writing, and I realized that I had trouble pronouncing that word. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet University of Maryland professor Dr. Marissa G. Franco, award-winning children's author Marilyn Singer, and vice chairman and senior client advisor at Morgan Stanley, Carla A. Harris. Tune in to hear the vastly different reasons they were inspired to write their books and the role that human connection plays within each of them. Enjoy. Hi, this is Dr. Marissa G. Franco, author of Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends. I was inspired to write Platonic because when I was younger, I really didn't value friendship, and I started to feel regret about that. I think growing up, I had all of these messages about needing to find a romantic partner, and that's when I would be complete, when I had that romantic partner, and I felt so unlovable without one, even though I had all this love in my life from friends. I just acted like that didn't matter. And, you know, after a romantic breakup, I decided to start this wellness group with my friends where we met up and we practiced wellness. We meditated, we cooked, we did yoga together. And it was so life-changing because I was like, how can I deny this love and its power when every week I just see it materializing in front of me? And I also thought to myself, why doesn't this matter to me? And why doesn't it matter in society? And so I just became really interested in friendship and really wanting to read more and more about it. And as I read, I couldn't quite find the book that I was looking for, which as a research nerd was like a science-backed book that holds friendship as very, very sacred. And so I guess funny enough, the last draw was I met up with my mentor, Beverly Tatum, and she wrote, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? And I was like, you know, I've been thinking about writing this book, but I don't know. I think I just felt intimidated, right? Like, who am I to write a book? But Beverly Tatum told me I was someone <laughs> and I could write the book. And so after our lunch, that was the last straw where I decided I wanted to manifest my love of friendship in this book that I've created, Platonic. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, I would say exposing. I think there's a way that I can write vulnerable things and almost like deny that they're actually vulnerable, I guess. It's almost like I put it out on the page and it's not my vulnerability anymore. Like it's the book's vulnerability, right? And so as I had to read the words, it's like I had to re-embody them and admit that they were my own. In that way, I guess it like really felt vulnerable. I don't know, I'm just thinking about some of the research on, like, friendship and connection and how, like, basically to connect with people, in-person interaction is the most powerful and texting or writing is, like, the least powerful to actually connect us. And I think, you know, having to actually say these words, I think I was really actually connected with them. And it felt 
ironically a lot more exposing than writing them. I realize I had trouble pronouncing revel, revel, revel. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still, I still don't know, to be honest. The other fun one was I was reading the word, what I usually pronounce as cockroach. And I was like, where's the A in the middle? It just says cockroach. It's funny because like, I'll kind of catch that in other people when other people are like saying a word when I'm just like, oh, that's not a real word. And I won't be a jerk and tell them. But I think going through this process was humbling because I was like, oh, I do that too. There's words that I think are how they're pronounced, but I've just been pronouncing them wrong my entire life. And nobody has told me. I'm really proud that I was able to, I guess somewhere along the way, really start to feel more authentic as I was reading this. At the beginning, I was just like, I don't even understand when I'm supposed to breathe. (laughs) After every sentence, I'd be like, (gasps) and then I would start the next sentence. And starting out, I kind of felt very rehearsed. I don't know, almost like a bad actor, I guess. But I think by the end of the book, I kind of let the words pass through me as I spoke them. And I felt a lot more present with what I was saying. So it felt very different by the end of this audiobook recording than at the beginning. And, you know, I really thank my director, Beth Hicks, for helping me with that. And the other thing that I did to try to feel more authentic was that I actually brought pictures of my friends to the recording because I know that... (laughs) You can visualize or be exposed to pictures of people you feel secure with, and it makes you feel more secure from the research. And that was awesome. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Zendaya because hopefully she'd be like, you wrote a really awesome book and I want to be your friend right now. And then I would say yes. And honestly, doesn't that make sense for a book on friendship? So Zendaya, for my next book, please reach out to me. I also just think, like, I don't know, she's a really cool actress. She sounds like she's not trying ever, I guess. And, like, everything is kind of natural and organic with her. And so I'd really love her to be a part of reading this book. That would be awesome. The last audiobook I listened to and loved was Oprah and this psychiatrist, Bruce Perry. They wrote this book, What Happened to You?, And their audiobook was really cool because it was like an interview, kind of, like Oprah was asking Bruce questions that Bruce was answering. So it was kind of more like a conversation than it was like a book. Like it was like you were almost listening to like a podcast interview. So I kind of really liked the tone of it. I also think like Oprah, obviously, you know, she knows how to speak. She knows how to connect. She knows how to make people feel connected. She knows how to put people at ease. And all of that made the book really awesome to listen to. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is probably not where I typically listen to audiobooks because I just cram audiobooks into the nooks and crannies of my life, like commuting or when I'm on a plane, for example. And so it's not like intentional. But I would say like if I was intentional... I would probably love to just listen to an audiobook in nature, I guess, like by a beach, because I think a lot of the times when I'm listening to audiobooks, I may have like other stuff going on and I'm like checking my phone or, you know, people around me that are distracting. So I feel like nature would really help me focus on the words and connecting with the author and what they're trying to say. And now I'm really excited for you to listen to a clip from the platonic audiobook. 
Enjoy! Some of the widowed sit at home and watch television for the rest of their lives. They may be alive, but they're not really living. 73-year-old Harriet remarks, referencing the members of the grief group she attended after her husband's death. Harriet could have easily faced the same fate if it wasn't for one thing. Friendship. Hi, this is Marilyn Singer, author of Awesome Days, Poems About the Jewish Holidays. I wrote my book because a librarian asked me to. Some years ago, I met her at a conference, and she knew my poetry. I'm probably best known for my poetry, and she liked it. And she said, you know what we really need? We need a book of poems about the Jewish holidays. There are books about the Jewish holidays, but there aren't any poetry books. And for a while, I put off working on this because I knew it would be a fair amount of research. I certainly knew some of the holidays, but not all of them. And I knew I had to know all of them in order to really write the book. But then when I hit on the idea of a connecting device, a family that chose to celebrate all of the holidays during the course of a year, that clicked for me. And that's when I knew I was going to write the book. I was going to do the research. I, I happen to love doing research, so that wasn't really the problem. But I think it was... I need to connect these, and that really worked for me, and that's how I came to write the book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be rewarding. I have always been on a mission that poetry needs to be heard aloud. In fact, I've been the co-host many times for the Poetry Blast at the American Library Association convention with Barbara Jenko, my co-host. And years ago, we decided that poetry needed to be heard. So recording my poems is very rewarding for me and something I hope other people will find rewarding when they listen as well. I realized I had trouble pronouncing lots of words in this book. I consulted many people and most of them did not agree on the pronunciation. I'll tell you a story from my own background. My mother used the Ashkenazi pronunciation for many words. So in this recording, I said Yom Kippur, but that is not how I grew up pronouncing it. My mother said Yom Kippur. She said Shabbos, not Shabbat. She said Sukkot, not Sukkot. But in most congregations today, you hear the Sephardic pronunciation, and that's what I used in this book. Perhaps one of the trickiest words was the king in the Purim story. I used King Ahasuerus, which is pretty much how I grew up pronouncing it. Some people say Ahasuerus because that's the transliteration of it. That's how it's spelled. But a number of people said to me, well, the Hebrew is Ahasverosh. And I chose not to use that because it just does not look how the word is transliterated. So I went with Ahasuerus. I'm proud that I was able to learn how to pronounce these words and to record my poems. And I think I did a good job. I hope that listeners will agree with that. I really had fun doing it. And I'm also proud that I did all the research and I learned a lot. I always like learning new things. And that makes me feel really good.
If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast one of two women. I've thought a great deal about this. One of them is Mayim Bialik. I love her voice. I think it's really beautiful. She's been hosting Jeopardy a lot lately, which I'm addicted to. But she's also done some videos in which she presents Jewish food and talks about the holidays and is very proud of her Jewish background. The other person, very different voice, also Jewish, also proud of her background, is Sarah Silverman, the comedian. I think she would do a really great little kid. She's recently done a play which features herself as a 10-year-old, so I think she would be great too. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Apples dipped in honey, walnut cake with syrup, dates and pomegranates, each a Rosh Hashanah treat, so the new year will be sweet, and I will try to be sweeter too. And not just in temple when I hear the shofar sound, but outside and after in all of the seasons, in my home, in my school, on the busy playground, with my classmates, with my friends, with my father and my mother, with my clever older sister, and my funny little brother who are sometimes mean and sometimes not, and sometimes in the way. I will try to be sweeter. I'm beginning today. This is Carla A. Harris, the author of Lead to Win, How to Be a Powerful, Impactful, Influential Leader in Any Environment. I was inspired to write my book, especially over the pandemic, when I had calls from several leaders who were actually CEOs or were in positions of managing other people who were actually struggling with how to lead in this moment where they were not in the same place as their people, or they were realizing that the demands and expectations of millennials and Zers were very different than their own demands as they built their career as boomers or older Xers. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. It was fun trying to make sure that I kept an energy level that was consistent with the energy level that I would have if I was sitting in front of someone giving them the pearls in Lead to Win. I realized while I was recording the book that, first of all, I used the word particularly quite a lot when I was writing, and I realized that I had trouble pronouncing that word as I was recording the book. I'm proud that I was able to maintain a consistent energy level through the hours and hours of recording the book, and I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear me talk about the pearls of intentional leadership, especially in Chapter 6. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Angela Bassett or Viola Davis because I love the way they speak and deliver their lines when they're acting. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was by Robin Roberts. It was her first book, From the Heart, Seven Rules to Live By. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in my car when I have a nice long drive. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. 
You are listening to this book because you aspire to be a leader. When you begin your career, it's typically in an entry-level role as an individual contributor. Your duties are assigned. Your specific actions are dictated. Your job is to understand and execute any assignment you are given. In other words, your job is to do, not to define, and to execute exactly as instructed. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.